Good morning, everybody. Brian Newbert here from GoldenBlack.com, live in his car once again, turning on Cherry Lane, leaving Mack Arena, this time following Purdue 74-53. to Win over New Orleans uh, in West Lafayette. This is your Golden Black Radio Express post-game podcast. It is brought to you by our friends at Purdue Federal Credit Union, the Sand Valley Golf Resort, AcrePro.com, TNW Design and Build, the Whitaker Inn, which I'll be driving past here shortly, and the East End Grill and Ripple and Company. So, um, you know, ordinarily a game like this, uh, you know, in in, in the three hundred somethings uh, in the in the net rankings. You know, wouldn't hold a lot of meaning. It's more of a game where a team like Purdue would have way more to lose than to gain. Just playing the game will hurt your resume. Uh, you know, you, you aren't really getting a whole lot out of it in terms of developmental value. Uh, after the majority of your biggest tests of the non-conference season have been played already and in Purdue's case won. Um, but this game was a little bit different. Uh, Zach Eady, uh, perhaps you've heard of him, uh, is sick or was sick and uh, didn't play, Uh, didn't even see him tonight. He did practice yesterday. I saw it with my own two eyes, so I know that he was at least around yesterday. Uh, This must have come on, you know, sometime between last night and today. Um, This game was absurdly played at 9 p.m. Thank you, ESPN, and good riddance. Um, So Purdue found out relatively late in the process here that you know, Purdue wasn't going to have its best player, arguably the best player in college basketball, certainly the most important to his team player in college basketball, probably the most consistent, probably the steadiest, almost certainly the single most daunting individual matchup of any player in college basketball. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff, you know, that Purdue had to adjust to life without uh, on relative short notice, as far as I know. Um, and I think this was good for Purdue. You know, Purdue still wins by 21 points. Uh, nobody's going to beat their chest over that. New Orleans obviously is, um, you know, not a, a, a team that's going to going to move the needle on your resume. I think they'll be good in their conference. They've got some they've got some positive stuff going on. But in a game like this, they're just just overmatched here for the paycheck, um, and that's fine. That's that's kind of the nature of college basketball scheduling and the college basketball ecosystem and the, the food chain and, and, and all the like. Uh, but I think this is a really positive thing for Purdue to have to, you know, be uncomfortable, to have to figure it out without the, you know, foundation and at times the crutch that you've always been able to fall back on. Uh, you know, even when Purdue can't get Zachy the ball cleanly, which has been the case here, you know, to a certain extent the last couple of games, he gets it himself, uh, and he still finds ways to be productive, and there's all the hidden productivity that comes with him, with all the fouls he draws, with all the attention he draws, and what that means for everybody else, with all the second chances he gets Purdue off the offensive glass, with all the fouls he, he draws that gets other people aligned for the bonus. Uh, you know, at times when Purdue's offense has been struggling, the bonus has really been a big deal uh, for them. Um, that's all stuff that Purdue has just you know, it's just been there every game. And, you know, for Purdue to have to function without that stuff, I think from a developmental standpoint, that was probably a pretty positive thing. The non-conference season is all about uh, diversity of experiences and dealing with a lot of different stuff to prepare you for, you know, for Big Ten play and, 
you know, the more important games that follow that. And this falls right in line with that. This is just like if you play somebody with a very different style of play, you know, that helps you that you have to prepare for it. Well, in this case, Purdue, you know, unavoidably had to play differently. They had to do different things. They had to find different avenues for offense. They had to play through different people. Uh, they had to defend without knowing that the most daunting individual figure um, in college basketball was standing behind them uh, to either block a shot or scare the hell out of the guy driving to the basket to the point the guy just fumbles the ball out of bounds, which has happened more than once this season. Um, it, it just there can't be anything but positive to come from you know Purdue having to play without Zach Eady. I thought this really empowered some guys to be out there without you know, that singular force that Zach Eady is. I think you saw uh, Mason Gillis really, you know, trying to assert himself early on uh, offensively, attacking off the dribble, attacking off closeouts, being really aggressive offensively, doing some really positive things. I think that, that to me, spoke to an upperclassman who understood the moment and understood that his team was missing its most important piece and somebody had to pick up the slack and he was trying to you know, be that solution. I think that speaks to his awareness as an upperclassman, as a leader, things like that. Braden Smith, I thought, had another stretch where he just sort of took over. He's had a couple of those this season. Ethan Morton, I thought, was really good and really stabilizing uh, for Purdue in the first half. And then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Trey Kaufman-Wren comes in off the bench and basically gives you Offensively, what Zach Eady would have given you. He finishes with 24 points on 8 of 10 shooting, draws 8 fouls. All three of those numbers are what Zach Eady likely would have given you in a game like this. Now, he, he, he doesn't rebound like Zach Eady. Nobody does. You know, from a defensive perspective, that's they're not comparable. But offensively, Trey Kaufman ran, gave you what Zach Eady would have given you in this game, playing 24 minutes off the bench. Uh, the thing about this with Trey Kaufman-Wren is that this wasn't just some guy coming off the bench and having the game of his life in, in a pinch. This was what this is what Trey Kaufman-Wren is. This is what he is. This is what is sitting on Purdue's bench, you know, for 25 minutes a game uh, every night because he only averages, you know, 15 minutes a game or whatever it is. This is what he is. And if you put Trey Kaufman-Wren on any number of other teams out there, this is what you'd be getting more often than not. If this is what you put Purdue, if this is what you put Trey Kaufman ran in there to do at Purdue on an every night basis, this is what you'd get more often than not. You would get a guy who's averaging double figures, who's being efficient around the basket, who you can run offense through, who will get you buckets. Now we would see what would happen when people would start double teaming him, things like that. But he is a guy who is going to score for you. You know, he has had stretches this season prior to tonight even. In big games, West Virginia and Portland being one, where Zach Eady comes out of the game, which, as it turns out, Zach Eady's not doing a whole lot of these days, um, where Trey Kaufman-Ren comes in the game and he is your go-to guy. He is a plug-and-play go-to guy. You run the same offense for him. You ran for Travion Williams last year. The clear-outs to get him space on the block. And he goes and he gets you buckets. And this is what he is. This is not what he's going to be in two years. This is what he is right now. And, you know, it's part of this this good problem Purdue has where you have too many players and too few minutes to spread out over those two positions at the four and the five. Purdue's been in this position before. I mean, they've had too many good centers that you could not maximize their value. There have been years where you've had too many good shooting guards 
and you could not maximize their value. And uh, that is a really good problem to have. Last year, you just had too many good players, period. And you could not maximize all their value. And you're in that position at forward right now. And forward and center lump the two together um, because they're kind of interchangeable uh, for the most part. But this is what Trey Kaufman-Wren is. Again, this is not what he's going to be. This is what he is right now. Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, and his moment came tonight. Zach, he didn't play. Caleb first got in foul trouble and is sick. So he didn't play as much. Um, so it's just Trey Kaufman, Ryan, and Mason Gillis, and they both played really well. They both, they both answered the proverbial bell. Uh, Trey Kaufman, Ren got the biggest opportunity of his Purdue career to date. You saw what happened: eight of ten from the floor, drew eight fouls, scored twenty-four points. Um, he's ready. He's ready now. It's just a matter of the fa- of the reality that you just don't have enough minutes to give him. You don't have enough shots to get him. If Zach Eady would just come off the floor more, if he wouldn't be so damn great all the time, and he could just come off the floor more, you know, Trey Kaufman Wren's numbers would would swell. Uh, his numbers, uh, his minutes would go up. His his points per game would go up. Uh, he'd be he'd have an opportunity to play himself into rhythms a little bit more. You know, Purdue would have the opportunity to play off him a little bit more because when you have a guy who can score one on one on the block the way that Trey Kaufman Wren can, there's all sorts of counter punches too. You can play off there there's all sorts of you know counters and whatnot you can run off that type of stuff his his role could expand uh you just can't get him on the floor enough and that's once again that's a really good problem to have Purdue's got a lot of really good players on this team you know more at some positions than others uh but um I think this was really good for Purdue today because you know Zach Eady's been covering up a lot of stuff for Purdue Purdue's number one uh but Purdue is far from a finished product there are still some things on this team that could be better. Um, and I know I'm saying that about a team that is now 12-0 and and ranked number one in the country. But the reality is there are still some things on this team that could be better that uh, Zach Eady's greatness has simply covered up. And, uh, you know, for Purdue to have to play without those things or without that safety net, without that golden parachute, whatever you want to call it, I think was a really positive experience for Purdue. Empowered certain guys, gives them more confidence when this situation arises again. At some point in time, Zach Eady is going to get more than two fouls in a game. And he's going to have to go on the bench at some point. And Purdue's going to have to play without him. Purdue's going to have to play big games at times. Not entire games, but stretches of big games with potential with championship implications without Zach Eady on the floor. And you've just played a whole basketball game now without him. Uh, it would. This was not game seven of the NBA Finals. Purdue won tonight without Zach Eady, but for Purdue to, you know, play and play well for 30 minutes, you know, closing the first half of a 24-2 run, figuring it out after a clunky first couple, understandably clunky first 10 minutes or so, that's a big deal uh, for Purdue, a bigger deal than you'd ever expect to come out of a, you know, a pre-holiday bye game um, when you're arguably the best team in the country, If you know, certainly one of the best teams in the country, even if you're ranked number one, that's still a mouthful. Uh, to say, but um, so that's what I got. Uh, this has been your Golden Black Radio Express postgame podcast following Purdue's win over New Orleans in Mackey Arena. This has been brought to you by our friends at Purdue Federal Credit Union, the Sand Valley Golf Resort, uh, which sounds awful good right now as West Lafayette braces for snowpocalypse here. Um, AcrePro.com, TNW Design and Build, the Whitaker Inn, which I just drove past, and the East End Grill and Ripple and Company. So thank you so much, everybody. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Uh, Thank you so much for supporting our little endeavor here at goldenblack.com. 
Um, you can still, I think, sign up for a year for a dollar if you go to our new platform at On3. Uh, so please check that out. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening to these things. Thank you for reading our stuff. Thank you for watching our videos. Just thank you for everything. You make everything we do possible, and it is profoundly appreciated and never to be taken for granted. Don't ever forget that. So thank you, everybody.